0: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Happy Monday, everyone. And welcome back to the Wildfong Fong Around. I'm your host, Lance Lynn, joined, as always, by the Director of Recruiting for 24-7 Sports, Steve Wildfong. And before we start, I just want to remind everyone to like this video and subscribe to the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel. And if you're listening as a podcast, make sure to give the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast feed a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Now, Steve, before we started recording here, you said something super interesting to me. Obviously, we knew it was a big weekend on the field, so many big games, but you said to me that this was probably the biggest game or the biggest weekend, I should say, for you recruiting-wise of the year. So let me ask you this. Have you had some time to kind of rest and relax and recuperate, or is it still just crazy busy with your phone ringing off the hook like it was Saturday and Sunday?
1: Well, Sunday I was able to fit in nine holes of golf in the morning there. So I I, I woke up early. I don't know how I felt about it at about 6.10 when that alarm went off and you're still working at 1 in the morning, but a cup of mud. And the birds chirping and some decent weather in the Hoosier state. It was nice to get out there and hit the little white pill around for a little bit. Um, but yeah, that was a hellacious weekend on the trail with uh, uh, um, home teams delivering in front of blue chip prospects on Saturday. For the most part, one team didn't deliver on Saturday that had a massive recruiting weekend down there in Coral Gables. But that's why they're recruiting all those young men to have big, big, big games down, down the road. But LSU, Georgia, Notre Dame, TCU to uh, uh, should be mentioned in there as they can, as they as they stay undefeated. But you know, obviously uh, uh, LSU, Georgia, and, and and Notre Dame getting big victories in front of tremendous groups of recruits for what they're trying to do in twenty twenty three and beyond on the trail.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and and we're gonna hit on all those teams. I also should say, Steve, that obviously you know it might have been a little bit of an early morning for you on Sunday, but you gotta you gotta find that you time uh, to make sure that you get that self care and and no self care is better than golf. Trust me, as a golfer myself, I am right there with you, my friend. Uh, but you mentioned a couple of teams: LSU, Georgia, Notre Dame, TCU, Miami, uh, Duke, Louisville. We're gonna talk about them all on today's Duke. episode. But let's start. Yeah, the the fighting Mike, Elko, Mike Elko. He he out out Fighting gosh, Mike Elko's of the year, um, yeah. but. But let's start with with the Tigers. Of course, they, you can make an argument, scoring the biggest win of the weekend. I know, obviously, Georgia beating Tennessee, uh, technically a higher-ranked matchup, but LSU beating Alabama. LSU putting itself uh, in firm position, if they went out, potentially, to be the first two-loss college football playoff team. Obviously, that's a little bit down the road, but the Tigers hosted some massive, massive recruits at their game, and you went on a little bit of a crystal ball spree, for the Tigers over the last couple of days. So, Steve, what are you hearing out of Baton Rouge and what are you hearing from the recruits who took in that massive Tigers win?
1: Well, talking to prospects that were at LSU inside Death Valley Saturday night, I mean, the atmosphere was second to none. You know, the same cliche words, electric and, and, and crazy, uh, were used to describe uh, what that scene was like. And certainly the two point conversion and the fans rushing the field and really just. How this LSU football team has evolved over the course of the season, uh, starting with Jaden Daniels on down, has just been exciting to watch. And and, and then you look at this, this these recruiting efforts. They have the number four class in twenty twenty three. Uh, we'll have an article later this week on uh, programs with a chance to finish number one. And 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 their program that you have to mention with with what they still have on the bone, what's still out there. You know they they landed defensive lineman Dylan Carpenter, uh, added him to the class. Uh, Friday they added 2024 quarterback Jaleel Hurley to the class. He's a reclassification from 2025. But I finally fired in my crystal ball for Desmond Ricks to LSU. We've been talking about the five star corner from IMG Academy on this uh, on this whip around for weeks now. When he when he said he was reclassifying in October, we wrote and said here that LSU was the team to beat. I finally logged my crystal ball uh, um, as the current pulse of this recruitment. Alabama and Florida are the other contenders for Ricks. He will take official visits in December to all of those programs. But LSU, I think that what they've been able to do, this was his third time there, shows up. They, LSU kind of has this elite tailgate hat going on in the day. I asked five star receiver Ryan Wingo. Uh, what stood out to him about the visit and the tailgate was one of the things he mentioned as well. Um, but, you know, they, they hung out in the tailgate area, continuing to rub elbows and, and build camaraderie amongst each other, go to the game, eat afterwards. Uh, um, I just think LSU's checking a lot of boxes for Rick. So, and, and one of the biggest boxes for him is playing at a place that's going to compete for championships at a place where he can make an impact early And this LSU secondary is going to have a lot of turnover after the season. They need guys that can come in right away and play on day one. And Desmond Ricks athletically and physically can do that. And, uh, I mean, hell, like LSU with what they're losing, Lance, they would need you and me to come out there and try and play some DB. So it's very important for them to close that position strong in this class. And uh, I like where they stand with Desmond Ricks, and I love where they stand with JV and Toviano, top 247 defensive back from Texas who returned with his mom, He's been there several times as well. He's a top target. He's been coveted for LSU since this new staff got here, and I continue to like where LSU stands for him as well. So uh, uh, those are two big-time prospects. I like to be in the fold for LSU down the road. Top 247 offensive lineman Bo Hughley. haven't written much about him yet from the weekend, but talking to people that spent time with him, I think that they think that they're starting to gain some traction with Bo. You know, Bo Uh, Is good friends with LSU commit JoJo Stone. Obviously, he's been committed to Georgia since September of 2021, but he's made some visits to other campuses. LSU, uh, uh, they're playing a lot of young guys on the offensive line. They have one of the best offensive line classes in the country currently committed, but they're trying to recruit that position to a standard that Brian Kelly's used to. He boasted the best offensive lines in college football year in and year out at Notre Dame, and that's what he's trying to do at LSU, Bo Hughley would certainly help them put the finishing touches on that. Um, but this was this was a, a weekend where there was there's plenty of reaction to go find on, on go247lsu.247sports.com. But Ricks, Toviano, Bo Hughley, some of the big 2023 names on campus, Kyrie Lee's an offensive tackle from in-state that committed to them. They're going to land a, a, a lot of guys when it's all said and done uh, uh, from this weekend, Lance um, in 2024 and in 2025
0: and beyond. Now, now here's my question to you though, outside of recruiting, because I think a lot of people would have done it. A lot of people wouldn't have done it. I personally would have, I agreed with the call that Brian Kelly made. Do you, Steve Wiltfong, go for two?
1: Well, certainly in hindsight, I do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, they I mean, the going to work. Sure. If you know it's going to work, let's do it. Right. The way that they scored in one play, I think that in that moment and who knows, uh, BK might have been going for two, no matter what. But here's Alabama. Bryce Young makes some plays. They go up and it just takes LSU one play to answer. Uh, just a exciting run by Daniels who, who, put, who puts it in. I mean, Alabama just really just took a haymaker across the, the brow at that point. So yeah, I mean going for two there when they're on their heels stunned. I think was obviously the right move. Alabama was in position to make a play on that two-point conversion, but they didn't. LSU made more plays for them, and they won. And then a couple more of those predictions I made was uh Dez Green, one of the most coveted tight ends in the country. And then um, in the 2025 class, too, I fired one in for Keelan Moses, uh, Dylan Moses' brother, who uh, Keelan told me LSU is his leader. So the Baton Rouge University Lab, top 247 athlete like LSU for him as well. We could do this whole show on LSU lands, but we're going to need to pivot to some other big weekends here. But Brian Kelly and company, I think they basically locked up a top five recruiting class with this win. We'll see how high it can go in 2023. And and then they're at number three early in 2024. So you got to put them in the mix to maybe finish number one that cycle too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and Brian Kelly really showing what he can do on the recruiting trail, as well as showing what he could do on the field, obviously notching a big win over Alabama. Let's stay in the SEC. Uh, we're gonna go to Athens, Georgia now, a big win. What was really billed, I think as potentially the game of the year. Now granted, it didn't really live up to that and that's partially because Georgia has just kind of now asserted itself as college football's dominant team. They handled Tennessee with, with pretty much with ease throughout the game. That Tennessee offense that looked explosive. Looked like nothing against this amazing Georgia defense, a Georgia defense that lost so much from last year, yet is still as dominant as it is. They had a ton of big time recruits on both sides of the ball uh, at this game. Uh, names like Sam Mpemba, names like Damon Wilson, names like Caleb Downs. So many big targets on campus to watch this Georgia win over Tennessee. I'm sure they were loving it, Steve. What's the latest you could tell me from Athens?
1: Well, it looks like Alabama's running away with the nation's number one recruiting class, but I see a runway and a path for Georgia to finish number one after a weekend like this where they hosted damn near all their final remaining targets in this cycle for this game. And and uh, you talk about the way they dominated Tennessee and talking to our colleague Rusty Manzel leading up to the game and then certainly after. Uh, Tennessee wasn't going to play any zone, and they controlled the line of scrimmage with their defensive line. And it made it very difficult for Hendon and Hooker and company to get anything going consistently on offense. You take out that fumble on the first drive for Georgia, and this—I mean, this—this this game could have been very uninteresting, very fast. But the atmosphere inside Sanford Stadium uh, was exciting. The rain took it up a notch uh, there, and and uh, you know, talking to prospects that were there, you know, Georgia's going to have a lot of success as they finished this recruiting class in 2023 and, and, and look like the favorite, in my opinion, early on, the finish number one in 2024 with, with, with guys that they had on campus. But look, Samuel Mapemba, five-star edge rusher from IMG Academy. Still love Georgia there. Would be surprised if he's not ultimately in the class. Damon Wilson, another five-star edge rusher from Venice, Florida. This has been a back-and-forth slobber knocker with Ohio State on the trail. Uh, um, talked to his dad afterwards. He said, we have a 48-hour rule to discuss future trips plans uh, uh, and what they'll do. But I think this Georgia visit really resonated uh, um, with, with Wilson and his family. Wilson got a chance to spend time with recruits and players on the team. Parents got to do some meetings uh, uh, with things regarding the Georgia football program. And, and I really think that uh, Georgia is gaining a lot of momentum here uh, in, in this recruitment down the stretch. David Hobbs, and his family, they left Monday morning, had a, had a terrific visit uh, uh, from everything from the on-field win to David telling me how much he loved the axe-throwing uh, uh, activity that he did. But atmosphere was crazy. He said it was super loud. Uh, I know game environment is something that's very important for him and, and his recruitment. And uh, his mom said that the game environment checked all the boxes and the energy and the players were having was fun. Uh, Georgia's um, been a program on the rise in the Hobbs recruitment. I liked where Tennessee stood coming in. We'll see what happens coming out of that. I wouldn't be surprised if Georgia flips top two four seven receiver Anthony Evans from Oklahoma. I talked to Justice Haynes, Justice Haynes's dad, the number two running back in the twenty four seven sports composite this morning. and uh, you know, he he played his college football at georgia and and, and the quote that kind of stood out to me that that he said coming out of it was, To be completely honest, I really think he is committed, but he saw Athens at its finest, and that's hard for anyone to discard. And uh, also said, you know, um, I've told him from the beginning, you're not married to anybody till you sign on the dotted line. You continue to do your due diligence and make sure Alabama's doing what they're supposed to. Uh, Like these schools continue to do their due diligence on prospects. I think that George has got – I think George is in it for Justice Haynes. You know, I talked to Caleb Downs, the number one safety in the country, also committed to Alabama – He's just said, very loud and different atmosphere, great game to watch. And, uh, Rusty Manziel reporting that he was in the locker room after the game. DeAndre Moore is a top 247 receiver currently committed to Louisville. Now, depending on who you talk to, you can get a different story on what they think is going to happen. You know, I think that people around Louisville feel good about keeping him in the class. Greg Biggins had a great update with him on Sunday night and wrote on Dogs 247 that he's not ready to put in a prediction but likes the way that one's trending for Georgia. Top two four seven tight end Walker Lyons, a Stanford commit, took an official visit to Georgia over the weekend and said the environment was different than anything he's ever seen. You know, and and, and obviously Georgia's got the, boast the best tight end room collectively in, in the country, and Todd Hartley's as ace recruiter as there is, so you never count them out. And Lance, we could do a whole show on the twenty twenty fours from Sammy Brown to KJ Bolden to to Peyton Woodyard to. To a lot to to Ellis Robinson the the fourth uh, who doubled down and said Georgia's his leader he's the number three player in the country number number one corner um, those guys are all number one at their position who I just mentioned and I could see Georgia landing all those guys Brown Bolden Robinson I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're all in the class Cameron Davis is a super exciting running back five star per the composite who's committed to Florida State that was there that that loved it so. A lot of coverage on dogs, two, four, seven from an awesome recruiting weekend at Georgia.
0: Yeah, it's crazy, right? We talked so far LSU and we talked so far Georgia and we went, let's say about six to nine minutes on, on both of those. But like you said, there's so much recruiting going on with both of those schools. The weekends for both of those teams were so big that we could literally do whole 25, 30-minute shows on them. Now, obviously, we want you to go check out Go247 and Dogs247.com as well to make sure you get all the information on it. But so much going on at Georgia, so much going on at LSU. And, Steve, you mentioned a lot of kids there for Georgia that are currently committed elsewhere. Do you have your spatula out, or are you at least getting it ready? Are you at least getting the spatula prepped as we are right now less than a month and a half till signing day?
1: Georgia's going to flip some people. There you go. It's coming. It's coming. Uh, now, who all they are going to flip? I can't, you know, I, I, we'll see what happens there. But but Georgia, Kirby Smart and his staff, spatula season in Athens is definitely coming.
0: The spatula is getting ready to come out. Uh, Mary Flip as Lane Kiffin once once had it on a sweatshirt. Uh, there you have it. Steve Wiltfahn thinks, thinks Georgia is definitely going to flip some guys uh, from other schools committed. Let's move over now to another big week and another home team that really took care of business and took care of business in a big way, in a big, big way, notching probably the biggest win of the Marcus Freeman era. Notre Dame destroying, really beating down Clemson in South Bend. Now, you were on the recruiting show on Thursday with Tom Loy, and you both said that, Looking at this game at the beginning of the season, the weekend that it ended up turning out to be for Notre Dame maybe isn't as big as what would have originally been thought. Obviously, that comes well, with Tommy Notre Dame. and I had
1: some debate on that, Lance. That's true.
0: That's true. But and, and look, maybe that comes with, obviously, Notre Dame starting out the season not in the way that they expected. But nevertheless, a lot of big recruits on campus for the Irish or at least checking out the Irish. So a big win for Notre Dame, they really took care of Clemson and pretty much, I think, knocked Clemson out of the college football playoff so what are you hearing from recruits that were in South Bend that that took in that game and, and took in, like I said, what was probably the biggest win so far in the Marcus Freeman era?
1: Yeah, well, Notre Dame has the nation's number three recruiting class. And, and so their star-studded recruit section was a lot of guys that were already committed to the Irish. So that's just not as sexy from a news angle standpoint. But Notre Dame had a ton of talent there from a recruiting standpoint because they had – uh, um they have the number two recruiting class in the country in 2024. Georgia overtook them with a commitment from Demarcus Riddick on on Friday. Uh, um, but number three and number two, that's a lot of talent and, and a lot of committed guys are back. Peyton Bowen, top 247 safety, longtime Notre Dame commit uh, that's entertaining AM, Oklahoma and Oregon comes back, couldn't you know couldn't be in South Bend for a finer football Saturday than in prime time, beating Clemson, they rushed the field again and uh, uh, so it was a, it was a hell of an atmosphere uh, at Notre Dame for Marcus Freeman and company to, to get a signature win early in, in, in his uh, uh, regime at, at Notre Dame. you know we'll see what that means for for Bowen down the stretch but you know Peyton Bowen's family has always loved what Notre Dame brings away from football and and so that certainly hasn't changed. Notre Dame had a tough start to the season. They're playing better than Oklahoma and A&M right now, for sure. Uh, you look at the way Notre Dame dominated Clemson there. Clemson comes into this ball game, Lance, as one of the best defenses in the country, particularly against the run. Number seven in rush defense, and Notre Dame torched them for 265 yards. You know that's nearly three times what they're used to, or I think it, yeah, it's over three times what they're used to giving up. Notre Dame made plays in all three phases of the of the ball game and. And really, the game was never in doubt against a good football team. Um, they're going to land some guys here from this weekend. I think ultimately, I flipped my crystal ball from Clemson to Notre Dame for safety Khalil Barnes out of Bogart, Georgia. He had a terrific visit. Told me Notre Dame. Um, he told me Notre Dame was at the top right now on Saturday night. Caleb Smiths, a speedy receiver from the Lone Star State, a former Texas Tech commit uh, that I like the Irish for. And Notre Dame, look, it's obvious they need more playmakers on this offense, and, and we've talked about it on Whip Around in the past. This, this recruiting class is full of playmakers in the running back and receiver room, but they need more to, to elevate the competition within those rooms. So, so Caleb would be a, a, another nice addition to, to what they already have in the fold. And, and so uh, Notre Dame, they impressed the young kids on campus too, Tom Loy. And, and that staff over at Irish, two, Irish Illustrated, uh, Notre dame247 sportscom There's a lot of coverage there, but, but Notre Dame, it's going to be a weekend that bears fruit for them down the road and a couple different recruiting classes as well. It was a special night in South Bend. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call
0: 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It was a great day for LSU, a great day for Georgia. Uh, a great day for Notre Dame fans. It wasn't a great day, Steve, for Miami fans. Now, they had a big weekend, but it it didn't turn out very well on the field as as they got just bullied. I mean, I mean bullied by in-state rival Florida State and again, a big weekend for Miami on the recruiting trail, but man, on the field, I'm sure it was a day they want to forget big time.
1: I think Florida State was trying to do to Miami what IMG did to that team from Canada over the weekend. <laughs> you know, It was kind of that statement win oh, as man. they try and show prospects the clear disparity between the two schools right now and, and, and where they're going. But, look, I mean, Miami, they have the number eight recruiting class in the country. They're trying to get their spatula out on some big-time guys like Brandon Ennis and Mark Fletcher who were there. You had Carnell Tate, Ohio State commit, tweeting at Brandon Ennis, asking how the game went and he said Brandon Ennis replying back that the the pregame the pregame was fun. Uh look, it's, it's Miami Miami's uh you know they've had it, they're, they're dealing with injury at quarterback, they're not playing well, they, they haven't scored a touchdown in uh, 3 games now I think, nine quarters or whatever, so um, um it, it's a struggle and you know they had a lot of they had opportunity there with recruits on campus to continue building great momentum with them and we'll see a recruits could look at this and say hey, I this is what Mario Cristobal is selling, you know, hey, this opportunity for me to come in and she could be a, a changer and restore Miami and, and, and be guys that are remembered for that. And this is a program that's come back from from this this state before a couple times. So we've seen Miami be resilient as a program and, and, and rise again. But, you know, I mean, Duke's a program that's rebuilding. They got six wins already including a, a dominant fighting miami fighting Mike Alcos, the fighting including a, Mike yeah including a dominant win at Miami themselves to so just kind of show how far miami has to come now in the transfer portal era you can you can rally faster and so Miami's going to have to do some special things in in, in the portal again if they want to turn this thing around a lot faster uh, alongside what what is a good recruiting class here but um, they had some they had some big time guys on campus on Saturday and it was, uh, it, it, it was not a good showing, you know, but obviously Coach Cristobal saying upset, but still, you know, believing that they're, they're going to build an unbelievable program and this first full recruiting class is is certainly a nice foundation. But, man, that was a uh, – that, that was a
0: uh, – um, One they're um, going to want to forget.
1: Yeah, it's, yeah. But we got some good content on Inside the U, yep. Gabby Uridia, uh, with an article, Miami's On-Field Product Versus Recruiting Efforts reaching uncharted waters. You got, you know, uh, Brandon Ennis talking about his visit to, to Miami. So, so there's, there's good content over there in Miami, certainly going to be a team to follow down the stretch on the recruiting trail. But, um, you know, again, like programs that are rebuilding they're towards the bottom of that list of like, they got a lot of rebuild to do.
0: Yeah. A bigger, frankly, it's a bigger rebuild than I thought it was going to be. Uh, and maybe that's on me for thinking that it, it wasn't, uh, as big, but look, you know, Mario Cristobal has shown that he's an, an ace recruiter uh, recruiting through what has been a pretty bad season for Miami to, to have right now a top 10 class in the 23 rankings. Uh, so you gotta, you gotta like, if you're a Miami fan, uh, at least what the future holds. And like you said, it's a lot easier to turn around a program now quicker in the transfer. you know, by using the transfer portal. And I'm sure a lot of, uh, the 23 commits right now could come in next year and, and make an impact. And they had a lot of 23 targets on, on tap too. Uh one guy up near Mano, Samson Okanlola, was there. And obviously he's a, he's a big target for them on the offensive line. So while it might be doom and gloom right now for the U you got to think that there is a little bit of light on the horizon there in Coral Gables, maybe enough light on the horizon for them to actually get people in the stands. That'd be pretty big. If they got some people in the stands, that would do okay. some good.
1: And, and Mike Norvell was never dealing with a, Mike, a Brian Harshen situation at Auburn. But I do think that there were some people last year that would have been okay if Florida State would have moved on. Especially about, after
0: the Travis Hunter news, I would think, for sure. Right.
1: That was, like, the blow that, like, really sucked some juice out of the, the room because they had a good recruiting class uh, and still obviously signed a good one. But Travis Hunter is the jewel. It's a lot sexier. Um, but, man, they've stayed the course. They battled through adversity, get a big win uh, against LSU to start the season and just just smashed Miami and Coral Gables on Saturday. There's a lot of excitement around this Florida State program right now, and they're having fun, and, and uh, um, you know, it, it, it's exciting in Tallahassee as they build their thing up slowly, but yeah. surely it looks like.
0: And just think about how – big that win over LSU is now. I mean, LSU, like I said at the beginning of the show, uh, if they win out, if they get to the SEC title game and let's say hypothetically beat Georgia, then they could be the first two lost college football playoff team we've ever had. So look at that win by Florida State, which came on a blocked extra point. you don't remember that. Came on a blocked extra point. Uh so again, like you said, the 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 Seminoles are building it up slowly but surely. It'll be interesting to see how Miami now builds it up when it comes to 20, the 2023 season, 2024, and beyond. And and a team you mentioned, Steve, as we were talking Miami, another team that's in a in a rebuild under a first-year head coach, that's the Fighting Mike Elkos. That's the Duke Blue Devils. or That's right, Duke. Are they a football school now, Steve? Are they, are they a football school?
1: Well, they're not uh, a football they North school. Carolina? They've earned bowl eligibility for the first time since 2018. <laughs> the six wins this season are more than the last two seasons combined. I talked to a lot of their recruits over the the weekend, and, and uh, they're pumped about this program and the direction, and, and all these guys committed before the season. They have not landed a commit since this run. They had 26 guys that bought in the Coach Elko and company before the season. It's a top 35 recruiting class, a lot of guys in this class that have a lot of upside. And, and uh, Duke, you got Mike Elko in the corner office. He's been widely considered for quite some time now one of the best defensive minds in college football, then you have Kevin Johns as the offensive coordinator, and he's probably one of the least talked about coordinators that's damn good at his job on either side of the ball. He's kind of been a guy that's floated around, never been anywhere too, you know, more than a couple years as of late. But, man, Duke struck gold with him. They're playing great on special teams. Um, and, and so uh, this is an exciting time for Duke football uh, as they come down the stretch run of their season. And another first-year coach that's obviously crushing it right now in his new digs is Sonny Dykes at, at TCU, and they're working on some. They're working on a big-time flip behind the scenes. Not going to go on too much detail with that right now, but they got their spatula out. They got a big game at Texas this weekend, um, and uh, if they can, you know, if they can beat the Longhorns and go to ten and zero uh, this weekend. Uh, um, that would be, you know, another another uh, feather in the cap for that first year staff at TCU. So there's some first year coaches out there crushing it. Dan Lanning, obviously is Oregon in, in, in playoff contention as well. So so what a what a crop of first year coaches that are that are really showing their chops this year in college football.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, interesting what you say about TCU. Uh, they're working on a potential flip behind the scenes. Definitely something to watch for. Uh, but you mentioned it.
1: for their first top 25 class. And yeah, Michaels cycles already. This would be this would be a pr- pretty big one if they can get it done.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, what Sonny Dykes has done there in, in, in just not even a full year yet, only 10 games has been uh, only nine games, I think, has been uh, just unbelievable to watch. It's been fantastic, coaching, man. They have an unbelievable offense and, 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 and a great defense too, behind the scenes, coaching. Uh, you know, under the radar, I guess you should say uh, as well.
1: Coaching man, coaching. You got Max Duggan looking like a Heisman candidate where last year you thought he was a bust. Now how about Bo Nix Heisman candidate? People would have said people were saying he never lived up to his ranking beforehand. You put guys that are talented in the right situations mm-hmm with good coaching, they're tend to get a lot out of them. Look at and, and look at the way Jaden Daniels has evolved this year, you know, and, and, and put LSU in contention here. You get, you figure out that quarterback room. Uh, a lot of your problems go away. Even Jordan Travis at Florida state's been, been exciting to watch this year as, he, as he's continued to develop.
0: And you made a great point there with coaching, what coaching can do to help a player reach their full potential. Uh, we've seen it with, with the players at Duke that returned with Mike Elko. We've seen it now with Sonny Dykes and TCU. Uh, We saw it with Lance Leipold in Kansas. There's another goal eligible. Yep, another eligible. How about the Jayhawks, am I right? We're we're almost forgetting the Jayhawks beating Oklahoma State. How about them Kansas Jayhawks, Steve? I mean, you've been as big a Lance Leipold advocate as as we've seen. I'm a big Lance Leipold advocate because we share the same name. So I got to represent and I got to, you know, root for my fellow Lance. But you've been a big Lance Leipold guy You've been a big, big, big Lance Labeled guy, and how about the Jayhawks? Bowl eligible for 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 Lance Labeled in the in Kansas? Wow, what a what a story! They've been what a story. Duke's been so many so many great new uh, great storylines throughout the season of these schools that are traditional basketball schools. Hey, maybe becoming some football schools in Kansas and Duke, but nevertheless, another basketball school I want to hit on real quickly, and that's Louisville and the Cards and Reuben Bain. while he was on campus this week. What can you tell us about the latest in their pursuit of the talented defensive lineman?
1: Well, I think that they remain a major, major contender. You know, obviously, they're battling Miami for Reuben Bain. Those jerseys that Louisville wore this weekend in, in their win, uh, Reuben Bain was the first one to ever put one of those on and, and, and wear for a photo shoot. So uh, they've just done a ter- tremendous job recruiting him. They've gotten him to campus several times. I think they're going to get his last official visit in December. Don't sleep on the Cardinals there. As they try and put the finishing touches on what is currently a top 20 class. Obviously people are recruiting some of their kids, but they're in the thick of it for some guys committed elsewhere, or excuse me, they're in the thick of it for some blue chip guys that are still on their board.
0: And they're doing all they can to make sure that the guys that are currently committed, that are being recruited elsewhere, stay in that Louisville class. So, I mean, it's, it's recruiting never stops. And we're only about a month and a half away, a little bit less than that, frankly, um, from the uh, start of the early signing period. But Steve, it's been a, it was a wild weekend. You need some rest. That's what you need. You need you need oh, some rest. We're, you need to take a nap.
1: No, uh, we're, we're ready need, to have a big week at 24 seven sports. You need make your sure eight hours. Watching, make sure you're watching all the shows, preps to pros, which is on right after this one. So don't turn this channel off. We got the 24 seven sports recruiting shows Tuesdays and Thursdays. Maybe whip around will be on on Friday. Maybe it won't. I don't know, but we'll, you know, we'll have it on in, in some capacity uh on our on our network but we, no this is what's what's rock and roll here this week
0: absolutely and look make sure to check out go 24 7 dogs two four seven, irish illustrated uh 24 7 sports duke site inside the u for miami so many great sites that we have that we covered today uh so much more information that of course we couldn't get to because if we got to all of it it would have been a 10-hour show We only have about forty minutes,
1: so we'll do that on the early signing period. We'll do a ten-hour show. Yes,
0: the ten-hour. There's the plug that we need. The ten-hour show coming on the early signing period for sure, and all the information you want, you'll get on that day. That's I can that I can guarantee you. Uh, But Steve, that'll be the show for Monday. As always, appreciate you joining me. As always, appreciate sitting here with you on a Monday morning and talking recruiting. Thanks so much, as always. And again, like I said, you got to get some rest, man. You got to get some rest. You deserve it. More than anyone else, you deserve that rest. So thanks. Thanks so much for doing this. And like I said at the beginning of the show, remember to like this video and subscribe to the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel and give, if you're listening as a podcast, give the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast feed a five-star rating and a review. So... I am Lance Glynn. Thanks for listening. This has been the Wilfong with
1: Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer,